Monster Crush is a horny, light-hearted dating show by and for people who love monsters a lot. All monsters are presumed to be of age and are presumed to have given enthusiastic consent in our fictional fuckery. Take care of yourself when listening and see our episode description for all content warnings. Welcome to Monster Crush, a podcast that's a little spooky, always sexy, and surprisingly educational. Every episode, we dare to find love in all the wrong places on our never-ending quest for the best monster smooches. I'm Lady Dame, and I'm here to ask the real questions, like, where are you hanging out when you die? And today... Ooh. <laughs> uh, and today, I am joined by the always schnazzy Derek oh, Sword. kind of you. That's very kind of you. Hi, LD. Happy Hi, to be Derek. here. What a phenomenal introductory question you ha- you have proposed uh-huh. here. It's a little intense today, but it 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 will it will become very clear very shortly why I'm asking that. You know what? I don't mind intense. You know that's <laughs> that's how most people camp. So uh, intense is good. Um, that's a terrible pun. It's a terrible uh, joke we, that I use all the time. It's so bad. It's it's how we're starting out. Mm-hmm. So where where will I be hanging out when I die? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're, yeah. we're thinking of? Wow. Uh, like when wow. you pass Excellent. on, where are you going? Where sure. are you going? When I shuffle off this good old moral yeah. coil I've been hanging on to for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um oh wow. Well mm-hmm. one can hope, you know. There's uh there's options, so right. I hear. There are a few um, options. Although some people would argue there's there's two. I like to hope there's more. Than I that. I think there's. I personally I agree. I think there's more than that. Frankly, I have. Yeah. I have reason. I have reason to suspect there might be more than that. Actually, uh, we'll get okay. into that today. Oh, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm drowning in existentialism here. I have told Derek nothing about what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, none, none whatsoever. Um, I am. Uh, if we're going to get existential mm-hmm. right off right off the bat here. Uh, I am not a particularly religious person. Mm-hmm. I was I was raised uh, Catholic. I, I have I have received every um, religious rite of the Catholic order except oh, for the death rites. Sure, would hope. And uh, and I have uh, I think very very happily left that in in my past. I, there's a there's a large weight off my shoulder not carrying around mm-hmm. all of that uh, undue Catholic guilt. That shit's um, heavy, man. That they're really it's, it's a it's lot. It's heavy and it's unnecessary. Truly. I didn't do anything. I've had some some bad experiences with the Catholic Church. None so worse as some people have had. Uh my worst True. experience with a priest is I accidentally opened a as a child opened a door where the window was so high I couldn't see him on the other side and I scuffed his shoe and he got mad at me. Um that's that's just a priest getting mad at a child for something he couldn't help is is kind of one of those things where I'm like, mm, you probably shouldn't be around kids then. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, also he was the, the same priest that reinstituted the, the like singing, 
like well, there's always songs in church, but he's right. the one that would do like prayer singing, and he was oh, yeah. oh father absolute piece of shit anyway the singing always made me uncomfortable i'm not a church but i I would occasionally go to like various and sundry religious institutes with my friends um i had a friend who roped me into young life once upon a time um with me having no idea what it was uh Mm. and Mm -hmm. you know the yeah there's yeah the singing always was like oh i feel weird about this okay but anyway it's it's you know what it's a it's a tactic mm-hmm. that religions use. It's also a memorization tool, actually. It's singing. You it's remember music better yeah. and differently. Exactly. It's an indoctrination tool. Anyway, um, I also did the same thing in high school. I was already on my way. I had two, you know, a foot and a half out the door of the Catholic Church. Anyhow, uh, I explored, you know, Hinduism and Judaism and, you know, would go with friends to their religious institutions. I was very lucky to do that. Um, I was very lucky to go to college near one of the largest mosques in the United States, uh, up near uh, Toledo, uh, Ohio, an absolutely beautiful place. But I myself now am, uh, oh, I saw a word for it recently. I think it was atheopaganism. Interesting. Wow. Where I am more or less atheist, uh-huh. uh, leaning towards agnostic because when the chips are down, I'll probably pray. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Sure. Um, but I also am of the belief that uh, there are, ugh, and, and this is this is very hippy dippy, super mm-hmm. spiritual. Now I've never actually like voiced this. Oh wow! Uh, but now we're getting real deep if in here. Okay, we, we are. Yeah, we are weirdly getting deep into this. But um, there are, you know, I've always been a big fan of mythology, and I've yeah. always attached certain, you know, energies and concepts to certain deities. And there's always deities that you kind of like, even as a kid. Like I think that one's pretty neat. Yeah. And as adult, it's kind of just nice to have that there as like a a supporter of these are the concepts I'm trying to enhance in my own life. Mm-hmm. Should that energy exist? People believe that it did at one time. Should it still exist? And that, you know, deity or concept or or whatever mm-hmm. still be there to look out for you? Great. If not, it's not. I'm not spending an hour every fucking Sunday. <laughs> I've just got a little, you know. I've got a little statue of of Tyr that my partner bought me from from Norse mythology. I have a little statue of Athena. Yeah. Um, So I'm mixing and matching as well. You know, I have a a statue of Cholotl, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a a Mayan uh, death dog deity. I've got a little box for the Morrigan myself. So yeah, yeah, so similar, similar, I feel like. Yeah, and I have a friend who's you know a little more into it, uh, where she uses you know gods plural, mm-hmm. whereas somebody might say oh my god, she will actually say oh my gods, uh-huh. and you know she actually has like a, a sort of little shrine where she'll put you know light a candle every now and sure. then, and it's you know it is it is just as useful towards the the spirit and the mind I think mm-hmm. as any other religious practice, so. Yes, to to get incredibly deep wow. off the top, I think that's uh, that's where I'm going to land on that one. Excellent is uh, yeah. No, I've got a returning got a, a to the earth and too. sort of thing. It's kind of situation. Yeah, then and... uh, you know, I hope they. You know, when I die, I don't uh, I don't make anybody's life worse, and I hope that I can. If if it is just uh, you know the lights go out and everything goes dark, that's fine. If there is some sort of something after, I hope it is a pleasant one. Um, 
So it hilariously, I had not anticipated this question going in this direction because I was roundaboutly, <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. I am, and this is, this is leading into, of course, what we're talking about today. I am, as we know, a theater person and have been a long, mm-hmm. for a long time. And like, like many theater people, actors, technicians, all of that, we are uh, all of the opinion that when we go, we're haunting the theater that we work at or that we spend the most time at. Like that's, it. it's not even like really, I, I want to say it's something that most of us just acknowledge is that that's our anticip that that is our anticipated end is that we will end up haunting a theater somewhere. Spent your whole life in the theater yeah. and that's where it's going to end. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like we spend all of our time, we spend all of our energy. If our energy is I'm I'm of that, like to also get into a woo kind of nonsense. It's the idea that the energy that is us just doesn't exist anymore is odd to me because all energy goes somewhere in the way Mm -hmm. that like this is so wooey like pseudoscience nonsense i'll be honest but well it's it's literally it's a law of physics right Right. it's the conservation of energy energy is neither created nor destroyed that like something goes somewhere and so like it makes sense that like hey we have poured our blood sweat and tears i have bled for the theater i have been bruised by the theater like Mm -hmm. that it makes sense to a certain degree that like that there is a little piece of all of us in those kind of places in the place that we pour our heart and soul and all of that you know to get into the kind of shit so Mm -hmm. you know and and the reason that I ask that and the the reason that I bring that up is, you know, I have reason to believe that these kind of things might actually happen is because there are so many theater ghosts. This is why we also think yeah. this is that if, if you talk to anyone who has ever worked in a theater, if you talk or even just spent time even in high school theaters or something, they will tell you about the resident ghost in the theater. Mm-hmm. There's always at least one. And uh, so today... We're going to be talking about theater ghosts. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I'm not super knowledgeable about ghosts myself. There's mm-hmm. a couple that I'm very aware of, but ghosts very rarely, like ghost shows especially, never mm-hmm. really appealed to me. Um, so this will be this will be very, very interesting. But I do have a decent grasp of like theater superstition and mm-hmm. theater life. So this is going to be very interesting. Uh, before all that, I do want to touch on some spooky news. Hey, spooky news. Let's go. Spooky news. done we haven't done spooky news in a little while Not in so a there's a there's a couple of things to kind of catch up on uh to go back back to october because apparently this slipped through during our uh, our holiday hubbub and mm-hmm. uh, and busyness and all that uh axios the uh, the website axios actually put out a bracket for the best cryptid how did and we miss that incredible I, it's axios I'm, it's literally okay when I look for spooky news, I look up words like monster, which typically gives me monster truck news, mm-hmm. monster energy news, yeah, uh, fair. monster the job site. Uh, sometimes there's like Bitcoin stuff tossed in there. It's it's not great. Mm-hmm. Cryptid, 
sometimes gets some hits. A lot of times it's local news. Sometimes it's like, um, you know, a, a local cryptid museum or like a display at a museum. Right. Opens up. That's great. I love when that happens. Aliens, a little hit and miss. We've been getting a lot of alien stuff lately. That's true. And it all depends on like what's super big. We're going to maybe touch on a little aliens here, but uh, it's it's a weird story that I don't know we're going to get super duper into just yet. Right. Um, but regardless, Axios back uh, October 31st published Chupacabra Beats Bigfoot for Best Cryptid <sighs> Title. So for all of our discussions, you mm-hmm. and I, over who the best cryptid is, uh, Axios has been doing the doing the long work. So right. they had 8,970 total votes, which were yeah. conducted between October 20th and 27th. And the bracket included Chupacabra, Skunk Ape, Wendigo, Jersey Devil, Loveland Frogman, uh-huh. the Mothman, uh-huh. uh, Champ, like Champlain Monster, yeah, Snallygaster, sure. uh, the Rougarou, or Lugaroo, yeah, yeah. La Llorona. Uh, the Michigan Dog Band, Bigfoot, the Jackalope, the Puckwudgie, the Dover Demon, and the Fresno Nightcrawler. Ooh, and it ended up... All good ones, really. All all great ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the first round went to Chupacabra, Mothman, Bigfoot, Jackalope. Pretty predictable. Yeah. But you knocked out all of the obscure ones. And then Chupacabra, Bigfoot, those big two. And then Chupacabra beat out Bigfoot for the number one spot, which Bigfoot is Bigfoot was robbed. Yeah, considering what we know about the chupacabra, but that yeah. says a lot about you know the voters, who, what people think when they it's think true. about a chupacabra. I I mean, not much more to say about that. I I, I don't think that we necessarily agree yeah. with that with that, but that is you know. I that's think democracy. you know they're just voting for like the hip cryptid, the you know Maybe. because as we discovered, as we talked about, the chupacabra is the newer cryptid versus Bigfoot, who's been around for mm-hmm. a minute, and you know. And like, oh, so new, right? right? Like a 90s cryptid. Right. Bigfoot's like the boomer's cryptid, really. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Although I, as a you boomer know, cryptid. As, um, as a Pacific Northwest person, Bigfoot will have my heart in always most, <laughs> t- most of the time. But Right. Maybe if we were Texas folk, we might appreciate the chupacabra. Yeah. I mean, and I do like the chupacabra, obviously. I just don't think it has the same mystique, the same appeal as Bigfoot does. I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I would 100% agree with you. I also would, I would sit here and go, why was the Loch Ness Monster not on? But these It seems also, very American-centric in the ones that you were it listing. Is a, it is very American. Like, I think Champ probably took yeah. Nessie's spot on this one, which, uh, because yeah, like, Yeti things. is not here either. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, huh. I feel like Nessie would have yeah. skewed things, I think. I bet. Perhaps. Perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, even Champ didn't make it onto this. No wet ones made it onto that second round. Bummer. Although Champ being the only wet one, that's uh, See you. you know what? Yeah. It's it's monster democracy. It I is. can't argue with it. The people the people use their voice. It's true. And it's true. Yeah, we it's just okay. have to deal with the consequences. Um, in other news, we just recently missed. Uh, we just you and I unfortunately recently missed a major national holiday. Uh, that is National Bobblehead Day, which is a holiday that I don't think I would necessarily normally care about. Uh, I, I disagree with you. I think that's that's right up there with Fourth of July, okay. uh, January seventh, National Bobblehead Day, uh, celebrated, of course, by the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The reason we're bringing it up is the uh, National Bobblehead Hall of Fame has unveiled the first cryptid bobble series, and I'm going to say right now, not bad, not bad I designs. I haven't even looked at these yet, but I yeah, I, I can tell you already. In our Discord, so. Oh yeah. I can tell so, you already that I'm probably going to want, I'm as somebody who's not necessarily, ooh, those are good. Oh, no. 
Oh, I think I want all of them. It. Yeah. Right? So they're beautiful, so, y'all. <laughs> great news, fully painted, like fully rendered. These are quality bobbleheads that you would expect no less from the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame. Yeah. We have the Yeti, Mothman, Bigfoot, Goatman, Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster, and Jackalope. And uh, Jackalope always gets thrown in there. I'm still not... Jackalope I'm still not is sure a, how I feel. Jackalope is a taxidermy thing. Like, it's just... That's what... So... It's technically a fearsome critter because okay. it is in the same vein as like, you know, it's a lumberjack monster, right? right? It's it's a it's a part of the lumberjack stories in the same way as a hide behind, or the the hodag or mm. cactus cats. I mean, it's it's a goofy monster, but also there may have been rabbits with um like. Sp- spurs on their yeah. skulls and like growths that could have happened uh, that's actually been seen from time to time there's also rabbits that have had like like sticks like damage to their skulls I was gonna that could have been mistaken as jackalope things so, get stuck to things all the time so in, in, in that way did somebody see something is it a cryptid in that sense I don't know I have, I always have a tough time like there have sh- there have been shirts that I've passed mm-hmm. on because there's been a jackalope and I didn't know how I felt about putting out into the world that I endorse a jackalope being considered a cryptid. And I know that says a lot about that, me in both directions. It, but it um, does, really. I, <laughs> I, I live with myself every uh-huh. day. I'm, I'm yeah. very aware of who I am. Because, I, I mean, here's the thing. I love a jackalope. I, I guess they do technic, would technically fall under the category of cryptids in the broad sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in that is, I just think they're neat. <laughs> I think they're neat I, little I guys. I think they're neat. I, I've just, I've never seen anybody who is out there hunting for jackalope. No. I've never seen like the, on the trail like of, of may, jackalope. Maybe back in the day, like way back in the day. <laughs> Matt Gates on yeah. the trail of jackalope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even then, I mean. And I you feel just, like you that's something that like those like old timey like hunters are like when they're going out shooting the shit, they're like, we're hunting for jackalopes. You yeah, I, mean? I remember as a kid going to a local steakhouse with my parents, and there was a jackalope mounted on the wall, yeah. jackalope head. And there's like, one yeah. in every one of those restaurants. Oh, God. Um, so the great news is that they, they look fantastic. The bad news is that they are each $30 with a, an additional flat rate shipping charge of $8. To get one of these, That's it's going to be 38 so bucks for a bobblehead. Much. I mean, I honestly, the quality of them, I can see why they are that much. Like yeah. they're they're not you're just like cheap. I don't know if they're I, they're not just your cheap bobblehead. There's definitely beautiful work. No, they're official. But but yeah. like I don't that that does mean that I'm probably not going to end up trying to collect all of them. Uh, you can pay for all of them at the same time. Get a the set of eight uh-huh. for two hundred twenty five. And then just an additional $8. So you don't have to buy them one by one. Uh, they so are eight inches them. tall. So That's that is sizable. It is sizable. You're going to need some shelf space for them. Uh, each any. of them are only, they are all individually numbered. Uh-huh. So they're only of each cryptid, as I understand it, 2024 of each because. Oh my God. 20, 2024, of course. Okay. So run, don't walk yeah. to get your. Cryptid, uh, bobble cryptid bobbleheads as as soon as possible, and I suppose you should be able if you don't want to pay that shipping fee, 
you can, I, I'm guessing, I'm presuming, you can go to the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, which is located at 170 South 1st Street in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, open to the public on February 1st, 2019. The HOF and Museum also produces high-quality customized bobbleheads for retail sale, as well as organizations, individuals, and teams across the country. So go and get your own custom bobblehead of yourself while you're there as well. We are not sponsored by the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, but fingers crossed they'll listen to this. Because, uh, because... Oh, yeah, true. But but also, you know, because getting traveling to Milwaukee, Wisconsin is so much cheaper than the $8 shipping. <laughs> I've been to Wisconsin. I can't remember if we played Milwaukee or not. I honestly. Wisconsin. But I on a, I, if we did play, I know we played Wisconsin. I can't remember if it was Milwaukee, but I also can't imagine where else we would have played in Wisconsin. I'll be really honest. Is that the Midwest? Is Wisconsin the Midwest? Yeah, I think it is. It's, I guess it's Great Lakes. It's a Great Lakes. Is state. it? Okay. Yeah, because the I cause think was, of, like Milwaukee is on the Great Lakes in the same way Chicago is. I always think of it as being like just solidly Midwest, but that's fair. It is. It is mm-hmm. very Midwest, but Milwaukee I think is beautiful because it does have the water there. I, I've, it's mm-hmm. an absolutely beautiful city. Highly recommended. Um, if you can, if you have to drive through Chicago to get there, I'm sorry. Uh, traffic there is terrible. Yep. So, uh, one other piece, I guess two other minor pieces of spooky news to touch on those alien stories that I, I kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like as I was just scrolling around, the independent has, uh, reported that, uh, a video was taken, uh, hikers film 10 foot tall aliens standing on Brazil cliff edge. I watched this video. This is from eyewitnesses, Sarah Delete. It's like the word delete, but with an A instead of an E is the first vowel. Oh. Uh, she was hiking with family members when they came across the mysterious figures standing on the Brazilian hill of Ilha do Mel. Um, she it was not possible to reach the hilltop where the aliens, the 10 foot tall aliens were said to be, and they couldn't seem to communicate with them. She said it appeared they seemed to be like 10 feet tall. I watched this video. These are very clearly just two fucking tourists. <laughs> from a distance, and it's the same kind of thing that comes with the the gray man of Scotland, where it's it's just fog and light that is yeah. enhancing their shadow and making them seem taller than they actually sure. are. Sure, there's a there's a bit of a mist in the air, right? And that's that's all it is. And I I don't know why we haven't figured this out yet. Yeah, I I don't think uh, probably not aliens. I I no, I don't think there's ten foot tall aliens that are just like standing around and also seem to be wearing a, a wide brimmed tourist hat and probably holding a camera. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, They're I'm just in disguise, Derek. I don't know what you're talking about. Ten foot tall, but also yeah. in disguise. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm referencing the the concept of a, a Brockenspecter or um, the the Gray Man of Scotland is the okay. Amphiarliamor. So this is the concept uh, where basically when the sun hits from behind and there's like a bunch of fog or mist or something, it will basically you know reflect the shadow back over and over, enhance it, mm-hmm. and uh, and create a a much larger figure where people think that they are seeing giants, and that is 100 not the case. The other thing to talk about, and this is also uh, a thing to kind of tie into, uh, hey, cameras aren't perfect, people. Yeah, weird. Cameras are... Yeah, especially when it's a distance and light is weird. So you, if you are in uh, the weird side of TikTok that I am, uh, or if you also scroll around for this shit like I do, 
might have seen all this stuff about the uh, Miami Mall supposedly alien attack, ten foot tall aliens at a Miami Mall. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Uh, So the big thing was that the there was a mall in Miami that shut down. uh, When the the big like image that everybody really focused on was like all down this very long street. It almost seems like a mile of police cruisers Mm -hmm. all with their lights flashing, all just like bumper to bumper. And it's like, what could have caused so many Miami PD to show up at the same place? Dun, dun, dun. The, the, the official story that the police are giving us is that there were a bunch of teenagers fighting, which also probably was the thing. There was something like teenagers be teenagering and stuff, I guess, I guess. There was something like, um, <laughs> I'm reading from the New York Post, unfortunately. I think I've said oh, before God. I never would, but again, I... Uh, it's the, the most trustworthy of news sources, the New York uh, Post. <laughs> there's a reason I'm reading from the New York Post for this, and it's because I believe that this story is generally bullshit. Yeah. And at least the New York Post makes bullshit fun. Yeah, that's So fair. the rabble-rousers had also set off fireworks, leading many people inside the mall to run in fear that a shooting had broken out. And that's why there were so many fucking cop cars. Yeah. Basically, there were a bunch of teenagers setting off fireworks, and then they all started hitting each other with sticks and fighting, allegedly. And so the police showed up to deal with that, and also because they thought there might be a mall shooting, hence the long line of squad cars. That and also probably it was it. a slow mm-hmm. night. Yeah, slow yeah. night in Miami, I guess. So the mall was shut down, but this whole story of aliens actually comes from helicopter footage, which a lot of people point to because that's what had the long string of, of police cars. And what they are saying is that, ah, the yeah, the teenagers, just a smokescreen, like always. For some reason, there were 10-foot-tall aliens that uh, the police were shooting at outside the mall. And media is saying that cops were covering it up by saying that kids were fighting with fireworks, like, at each other. Right. It's uh, just a government conspiracy. It's just, yeah, that yeah. just, like, there were aliens in the middle of Miami, 10-foot-tall aliens. And Why when are you they look 10 the... feet all tall? Like, what is it? That, that seems to be a very popular height. Currently. It, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that's the the thing that everybody goes to. I guess it's just like you know, six feet tall. That's normal. Seven. Mm-hmm. We've heard of Robert Ludlow, uh, yeah. and or Wad- Wadlow, and then like oh eight. I don't know. Ten. Ten's the weird one. Yep. Yeah. That's 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 double a dude. Double it, a dude. Just ten mm-hmm. feet. It's so, like tall. It's like abnormally tall, but mm-hmm. not unrealistically tall. I mean, in D&D sense, that is the the marker for the next size category, to be fair. Yeah. So whether it was one or multiple, if you watch the video, you can kind of see these weird shapes moving around oddly. You also have realized that they are just like weird pixel blurs because there's not enough definition on the camera. As much as I want there to be 10 foot aliens walking around the Miami mall, it all really stemmed from a TikTok that was spread by a guy (laughs) who was like, no, there were aliens there. And like the police showed up. Yeah. It turns out the guy wasn't even in Florida, has maybe never even been to Florida, (laughs) and is just, you know, there's just people who are going to spread shit. Just don't believe the first thing you hear. Just just have some media literacy, people. Come on. Like, a lot of us grew up with the internet. We, we, we should know better. I just saw a thing, actually, on TikTok where uh, somebody pointed out they're one of the new, and I have not researched this at all, and it was, like, really a video that I kind of scrolled on past, but that, like, the James Webb telescope or whatever picked yep. up a planet that had city lights on it. 
And it's like such nonsense. I, but yeah. like, okay. And But some people are thinking it's like, oh my God, there's alien life and stuff because they saw city lights. It's such, it's bullshit. I mean, it's the same thing where people said they saw a dragon on the moon. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we've not, got real cool shit show. out there. Yeah. Like, like the, the, like early stage bacteria that exists in Venus's atmosphere, like yeah, early stage cool. atmosphere. I mean, there's cool stuff out there. You don't have to mix stuff up. Space is neat on its own. Space is neat and terrifying. <laughs> and yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> there's cool stuff out there like theater ghosts. I'm going to bring like this back around. Hey, that was really, that was actually a solid transition. Yeah, right. Um, so, yes, that was it for, for Spooky News. Let's talk about some theater Let's ghosts. Let's talk about theater ghosts. So, here's the thing. We all know, if you don't, that theater people, there are a lot of superstitions in theater. We are very, I say, I'm going to talk about theater people in the general we sense because I am one, have been one. We're yes. the, just please know going into this, this is how we're going to refer to it. But we do have a lot of theaters. We do have a lot of superstitions. Um, some for very good reasons and some mm-hmm. that are a little like... A little more specious. Like, some of the most famous ones involved... uh, I think if you know about theater superstitions, you know about not saying the name of the Scottish play. This one I adhere to a lot. Um, The Scottish play being William Shakespeare's Macbeth. We don't say that in the theater. um, And there's a lot of ways to get rid of it. But the part of the reason that... So that play... And we're not going to get into the super long history about it. But that superstition exists because the play itself has been known to have... A lot of shit go wrong when one is performing it. And when even when it's spoken about, things have a tendency to go wrong. Now, here's the thing about that one. Things go wrong in theater all the time. That's just how it goes. <laughs> we're not the safest of things. And we're trying to do a lot of weird, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, however, it's like theaters burning down and stuff. And yeah, wild shit like that. Yeah. However, uh, saying the Scottish play, the name of the Scottish play inside a theater is, I have seen it happen where things have gone wrong almost immediately after or and just like not necessarily dangerous things but uh sometimes like i've seen necklaces just break immediately on stage Mm -hmm. i've seen like stuff fall over you know so it's just it's better not to tempt fate yeah sometimes Uh, you know actors just lose their voice sometimes yeah. yeah sometimes you actually break a leg you know, some lots of uh, break a leg is another theater superstition. When instead of Correct. saying good yeah. luck, there's a lot of reasons why we say break a leg that have nothing to do with the fact that good luck is bad luck and everything to do with what that leg that you're breaking might be. I've always heard that there was like a translation thing that in in some language, good luck sounds too similar to something else. Possibly. That also might just be like tied into it. I, I am curious when you first heard about like, because I was in high school uh-huh. when I heard about the, yeah. the Scottish play. Sure. What were you told to do should you oh. ever be unfortunate enough to, to utter the word? So um, the most, the one that I know about is the one that I always liked is you were sent outside of the theater. You had to run around it three times, I believe, mm. clockwise or counterclockwise, and it's been long enough that I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had to knock at the door to be let back in. Okay. All right. Our theater was attached to the high school, which was mm-hmm. rather large. So oh, I think yeah. That's no, why ours we just was spun... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why ours was spin around three times and spit. Yeah. So, that one is Yeah, a... I get a lot of spit mm-hmm. on, the, on the stage, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was just curious because I think everybody's is different or like you have to sweep out the, the bad yeah, stuff. I the, think that ties into something else. The spinning around three times 
or circling three times is a pretty common one to get mm-hmm. rid of that one. I think it has to do with the witches too. I, yes, um, you I, know, I would and, agree. and things in three things happening in threes. Um, so yeah, that was ours. Oh, one of the other theater superstitions. So that one is very common, and one that I totally ignore all the time is whistling in the theater. Oh um, yes, is yeah. bad luck. Uh, the reason, but there's the, that one I ignore because the reason that superstition exists is not actually a superstition. It's a safety concern. So whistling was a very common way of cueing riggers and things in ships back in the mm-hmm. day. And theater rigging, when it comes to fly systems, bringing in backdrops, things that are overhead, bringing them down, were very similar to ship rigging. And so a lot mm-hmm. of back in the day sailors and that was a like the theater was like populated by people who also had some experience with ship rigging. And sure. because whistling was... A way of cueing. Nowadays, we don't cue use wh- using whistles. We have lights. We have cue lights that are triggered and to tell you when it's time to bring the yeah. when it's time to bring things. Even. In. Yeah, right. All, Radios, all, of, things, all yeah. of that. There's there's yeah. many ways that we communicate when it's time to bring a piece of set or a uh, drop in. So whistling doesn't really affect that anymore. <laughs> so like you didn't I whistle in the theater. That. So cool. Oh yeah, you didn't want to whistle in the theater because somebody could hear it and then mm-hmm. bring a flat on top of your head. Like it was so safety. That's why you don't whistle in a theater. Um That blows has... my mind considering mm-hmm. I learned to whistle in a theater. That's really I funny. Whistle in theaters all the time. That was never something I was told. Uh, but that history is very interesting. Yeah. So that's one of those theater superstitions. Uh, one of the other. And then finally, like those are sort of there's like, you know, one of the main theater superstitions. And the other big theater superstition, I think the one that a lot of people are familiar with is the ghost light. Um, I love the ghost light. The ghost light is um, for those who are unaware, the ghost light is a light that is left out on the stage at the end of the night. It is a singular light bulb. Um, mm-hmm. that like no at- shade or anything on it. All yeah. it has like a cage around it. Mm-hmm. And the there are many reasons. There, are, I was trying to find the history of the ghost light, like when the ghost light started, and w- there's there's a couple of different. The thing is, the ghost light, much in the same way as whistling in the theaters, a superstition, is actually there's a actual safety reason why we do yeah. it. But nowadays, um, we when people talk about why we leave the ghost light out, it, the the theory is we leave it out so that the ghosts of the theater can come on stage and do their performances and leave that. Really, it's the ghost light is very specifically brought out to the edge of the stage so that um, if somebody is wandering around the theater at night, they can see the edge of the stage and not fall off of it. Mm-hmm. Um that's, fall into the pit or something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, because falling into the pit, the pit is a lot further down, and it's usually it's not a great thing. Um, yeah, you're gonna land on a tuba or a, so... a, a music stand or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So ghost lights are one of those things that, like the tradition, it's called a ghost light, it's so that the ghosts can come out and perform their shows and come out and play at the night. It's really a safety feature, but. <laughs> But no, I it's... love the ghost light. Mm-hmm. There's uh, one of my favorite cafes in, in Dayton. It's called the Ghost Light Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite Wood Kid songs is called the Ghost Lights. I, I think it's such a cool concept. It is. And I, I always I always loved like it. It does feel haunting. It's just this. It does. 360, every kind of degree, uh, just light that just sits in this utter darkness. And it's so 
it's so cool to look at and walk into an otherwise completely dark theater and see mm-hmm. that there's still like this light right at the center. It, it hits me in a weird way, but I it's, absolutely love the no, concept. Truly, it's very an emotional moment. I always loved in high school when I was the one putting out the ghost light at the end of the night mm-hmm. because of the way systems work. You often like would set out the ghost light and then go and the lights for turning off the rest of the stage were right just off stage, turn them all off and everything was dark except for that lone glow. And it was just like you weren't often by yourself, but you were. And um, like it, there's something hauntingly beautiful and you there, there's so much energy. There's so much hope and love. And it's a time that you can feel all of that. I think right. as a, yeah, I mean, that was the big thing during the COVID shutdowns that the ghost was. light was kept on. Yep. In the theaters. Yeah. Yep. That was, it was a symbol during COVID. It was a symbol of hope that the theaters were going to reopen too, uh, right. in a way. And so it's like, they, especially nowadays have become sort of a very, they've always had all of this energy infused into it. And so now it's emotional. And and there's, so now there's this emotional component to it that I really, really love. And the, the thing is, so like I've felt those kind of presences before, is that the word that I'm looking for? Sure, why not? I've had experience with theater ghosts myself. Well, I've had experiences. I've had lots of friends who have had experiences. Most of the theaters that I've worked at before have had ghosts in some fashion, including my high school theater. We had... I we I don't think we ever... Some ghosts have names. Some ghosts have histories. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. we know where the ghost comes from. Sometimes we don't. My high school theater had a ghost in that would hang out in the attic above the theater... I don't remember if he had a name or if it was a he even. My first theater that I ever worked at as a professional, we had Harry, who was also mm-hmm. known as the man in the brown suit. Oh. Because everybody who ever saw him saw a man hanging out in the brown suit, often like yeah. just hanging out. Um, some Watching from the audience, usually he was kind of benevolent, I believe, because mostly he you saw him in the audience. Nobody knows his story. We don't know why we call him Harry. That's hmm. just what we ended up calling him. It's Not just, sure. It's just the name. It's just yeah. his name is Harry or the man in the brown suit. And he's been, Harry was spotted by multiple people. Um, yeah. Like, he was pretty well known at that theater. Sometimes, what's really interesting are when people know who the ghost is and that they have like a personal connection to the person they were. Um, so the artistic director of one of the theaters that I worked at uh haunts the seattle repertory theater um Mm -hmm. people have felt him before like usually he tends to he's the artistic director he tends to wander around they my friend heard him in the trap one day when she was all alone and definitely knew somebody else was down there with her um and he just and the thing is that that director was known to sort of like wander around the theater and sort of check on things and so he hung out in the trap yeah, because yeah. even if ghosts aren't a person, and we've talked about this on mm-hmm. an episode before, because there's a lot of theories on what a ghost is. Are there different types of ghosts? Are mm-hmm. there different types of energies? You yeah. know, you get the ghosts that are stuck in their sort of time loop. You get haunted objects. You get ghosts that can actually act on things. And there's poltergeists. There's so many other things. But if even like a part of you, if you have, if you spend so much time in a single place that you leave an imprint there. Yeah. Absolutely. And we as humans, we have some sort of innate ability. You know when you're being watched. You know when there's other people around, even if you can't see them. Like something in our biology, something in our 
minds or, or something else picks up on that. Exactly. Um, and so if, if you're picking up on that and there's nobody there, then what is misfiring and why is it misfiring? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very funny to me because I, I worked a job before this one with some of my favorite people in the world, but it was, it was kind of a tedious job and, sure. yeah. and, uh, a big thing is we would always, you know, tell the, the people that we worked with, like, Go home, take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Don't die here because if you die here, you're going to haunt this place. Yeah, nobody and you, wants that. And you that. have to stay at work. Like, just go fucking... If you're going to die somewhere, don't make it here because we don't want to work with your ghost. But that's such an interesting thing for theater people is because... Because we do. You do, you do but you mm-hmm. also... Like, theater people, you have to, in lo- a little bit, love mm-hmm. what you do. It's oh, not yeah. just a standard nine to five. We're not doing there it is... for the money. That's for dang sure. Yeah, well, who is these days? Right. Yeah, um, but no, that, that's such a cool concept is mm-hmm. you give so much of yourself that yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit back. Even if 99% of you goes on somewhere else or disappears forever, like, there's, there's that, that 1%. there's that little piece. Yeah. At the theater that I work at now, we have another ghost who is actually a former wardrobe person, um, Mm. was a former wardrobe master at this theater, whose husband actually still works at the theater. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. uh, Who we're also convinced that when he passes, he's just going to show up for work the next day. (laughs) Yeah. He's one of those. Um, And but she her presence has been felt where the costume storage is in the theater. Um, we also have the, a ghost in the women's restroom who mm-hmm. might be her as well. That is a little unclear, but like has been known to like turn on the faucets like she's washing her hands. My sister oh. actually ran into that one. I'm fair. I'm almost confident that it's the same one, same person, yeah. same ghost. But yes, yeah, so the. Mm-hmm. Just, and here's the thing. As a wardrobe person, you're usually the first one at the theater in the morning and the last one to leave at night. Right. Um, because you're trying to get laundry done, which takes time and yes, hand the, washing. The Marines of the theater world. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you, so wardrobe people in particular, this is, there's a couple of other wardrobe ghosts hanging out there, but you know, there's a lot of technicians, former technicians, former actors who have haunted theaters, patrons who loved the theater, you know, the musicians, all of that kind of thing. I, I was like straining my brain to remember if my high school theater had a ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that it did, but I can't remember if there was a name or if like that was just, you know, legend if the name changed depending on who was, you know, totally year to year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it also was like weirded me out a little bit to think about a high school theater having a ghost. Yeah, I, I it was a really nice theater. I went to a, a mm-hmm. school with a fantastic theater, and mm-hmm. I went to every corner of that bitch, uh, <laughs> one time or another. Um, it is no longer there. It got torn down, and oh. they, they built a new one. I have not seen the new one, mm-hmm. but I have to imagine that if <laughs> he has passed on, uh, our our. Uh, one of our stage technicians um, who who worked on basically every set that had been had been in that theater for thirty years plus. Yeah. You know, I have to imagine that there's there's probably part of him there. His wife was our choreographer. He mm-hmm. was there constantly. Just he was retired and he knew everything there was to know about building the a, a stage, building the yep. set. And I have to imagine if there's if there's anybody, it's gonna be him. And honestly, I kind of hope there is like there's a little bit of him there. I uh, hope I so. Yeah, 
yeah, but uh, that that also weirds me out. I've, I've brought this quote up before, but uh, you know, my mom is a, is a published author. She has uh-huh. she's mentioned before having written the what I think is the coldest line in all of uh, all of fiction, even though I think it actually was nonfiction. Whatever. Um, <laughs> she she wrote the line, "Where do the ghosts go when the walls are gone." And it always makes me think Ooh. about that, like like when theaters do get demolished and mm-hmm. like you no longer have that physical place holding on to that non-physical thing. Where, where does it go? Where do so, they go? It is yeah. interesting. Well, and actually what's interesting about that is I do have a story about that maybe a little bit later. So I want this was all sort of leading up to I'm bringing today to you three of the most I wouldn't I don't know if they're all the most famous ghosts, but certainly three incredibly famous ghosts that haunt theaters. There's if you look at most theaters, um, you can find if you look at the history of theater, most of them will tell you about their ghosts that live there. Um, They're certainly on ghost tours are, you know, they're a popular place on ghost tours and things like that. But I wanted to talk about three of them today. Um, The first being uh, the Dock Street Theater in North Carolina, which I think is an interesting one, partly because, like, you, when you're thinking about, like, American theater ghosts, you're thinking about, like, Broadway. The Palace Theater certainly is a very popular one. There's, like, hundreds of ghosts at the Palace Theater. Sure. Yeah, Um, I I have heard of that. Yeah. Judy Garland is said to be haunting the Palace Theater because it was an old vaudeville house. Um, Oh, she's got nothing better to do. Right. Exactly. So, but what's interesting to me, so the first one, like I said, is the Dock Street Theater in North Carolina. So that one has two notable ghosts. The first one is really interesting, and I'm not sure how true it is that he's actually haunting them, but it is claimed that a man called Junius Brutus Booth is haunting the Dock Theater. Now, uh... The name might conjure a few images. Wait, a, a theater booth. Theater. Uh-huh. A theater the- booth, like. Um, no, no, uh-huh. nothing's coming to mind. Yeah, right. No, no. no. <laughs> anyway, uh, six semper tyrannis. Uh, yeah, something, something like know. that. Yeah, my American cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Junius oh. is actually the father of the infamous presidential assassin. Oh, see, we all know about the brother because the brother uh-huh. saved Lincoln's son from getting Correct. hit by a train. Yeah. I forgot that the I I forgot that it was a, such a family affair of being in the theater. That was pretty common. At, like if you sure. were in an acting, like the Booths were an incredibly famous acting family. Not you know generationally, they're sort of like the Barrymores in that way. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, my brain immediately went to like the Hemsworths or the Skarsgards offing <laughs> the president, <laughs> right. and that's just. Oh, well, we had to, you know, yeah. we had to sown the weird one that did Pennywise because he killed Biden. But here we are. So Junius is interesting because nobody's sure why his ghost is haunting the Dock Street Theater. Um, because he wasn't in Charleston at the time. Of course not. Um, he was at, at, at the time of his passing. He was miles away in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, uh-huh. And he so <laughs> the Dock Street Theater used to be called the Planters Hotel. It was a hotel. Um he and his theater troupe had performed there when it was a hotel. Um, sure. But he, other than that, he doesn't really have any strong ties to the building. Apparently, as I'm reading this, he once tried to kill the manager of the Planters Hotel. Oh, um, there you go. Is the, just, well, and that's, vengeance. you know, the theory, <laughs> the rumor. But there's no other reason. Re- he doesn't have any strong ties to, like, North Carolina. He doesn't really have strong ties to like that theater. I love this. I'm I'm really sold on 
on him actually haunting this place. Right. Um, so that one's like, really? Really? Are you sure that's Junius haunting the theater? But that's what they claim. Um, yeah. The other one, the one who most definitely is haunting the theater, is the ghost of Nettie Dickerson. Um, She is the one who is uh, most frequently spotted. Others believe she's actually nameless. Um, It's believed that her full name was Nettie Dickerson, but most people just call her Nettie because I don't know that that was her actual name. Um, So Nettie lived in Charleston during the 1800s um, when it was also still the Planters Hotel. She was... Um, not a guest or a member of the staff, but she definitely worked at the hotel. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. You know. Am I, am I picking up on... Uh, yeah. World's oldest right. profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That one. Mm-hmm. Fishing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Berry picking. World's <laughs> oldest <laughs> profession. <laughs> so she is often seen gliding around aimlessly around the theater. Those who have seen her claim that she wears a tattered red dress is how she's most often seen. Um, <laughs> Nothing I love more than an aimless sex worker. Right. Just <laughs> hanging out at a theater. And what I think is... I, I mean, yeah. Sure. Um, it's inter- She's kind of an interesting one because she's not a performer. She's not... This is... It's... I Actually, I think this ties into, you know, this... the. The Dock Street Theater was a hotel formerly, and now, and so she was kind sure. of haunting the hotel, right. but now it's a theater. And so now she's a theater ghost, even though she doesn't have much in the way of ties to the theater. Didn't start as a theater ghost, but mm-hmm. her her haunt of choice got, got adapted. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ghost City Tours has like a whole uh, history on like her, ri- the rise and fall of Nettie, who she was, and... Um, you know, the story that they give is that she had a lot of Johns and whatever and was trying to make her way in Charleston and decided to, like, go out and buy the most expensive dress she could and sure. start her new profession. Like, she had been trying to be on the straight and narrow and at one point some priest was trying to convert her and she was like, nope, I'm going to buy the most expensive red dress and make the money the way that I know how. Um and oh Roxanne, yeah exactly in the re- in the red dress <laughs> yeah and it apparently like it was said that you know she had some problems with her clients at points you know it's not like she's treated very well as many who are in that profession are not and ooh this is like very King Lear that. At one point, like, she had taken a few bad turns, some mistakes. This red dress that was expensive and everything like that was suddenly had them tattered over time because of many, many mistakes. And she got so fed up with Charleston's high society that she ran out into the street in the middle of the storm and started cursing them. And then she was struck by lightning. And that's how she passed in. Now she's struck by lightning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she got hit by a cart or something. No. Nope. Ran out in the middle of the street. In the middle of traffic, it was struck by lightning. What yep. a twist. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. A bolt of lightning struck Nettie dead is how it was said after Damn. going out into the storm. And, and, and you know, honestly, that is, there's really nothing more theatrical than that. That feels very King Lear to me. So she really shouldn't be holding that giant metal pole. <laughs> Why? Oh, wow. That's, um, that's incredible. I, I do. I love the idea of a ghost that is haunting a place only for that place to change and mm-hmm. the ghost to then become outdated. Like a castle becomes an Airbnb 
Exactly. Or like the ghosts of the swamp that became Disneyland. And they're like, oh, damn, it's a small Fuck. world now. Yeah. Now you I'm know? haunting the small world because. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a swamp ghost in the small world and it just doesn't fit. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a minor ghost and now it's Guardians of the Galaxy and I don't know what yep. to do anymore. I guess I'm haunting yeah. it. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I, I would also really love if like part of her ghost story was like, oh, I smell petrichor and then all oh, the ghost of Nettie is nearby. I don't know that that's part of it. but I No, I would... people just see her wandering around in the red yeah, dress. Really? <laughs> just a woman in a red dress. Yeah. I wasn't able to like look too far into like who has seen her in stories about people who have seen her. But right. my, like many theater ghosts, usually it's actors um, who see them when they're on stage. They can look out into an audience and see them wandering around or technicians yes, when they're the working most. late at night. You exactly. know, when they're real tired, they can see them sort of wandering around. So maybe there was a <laughs> when their smell, eyesight but... is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really great. Um, so that's. That's Nettie and the Dock Street Theater, plus, you know, a little bit of Junius Brutus Booth. That's our first Junius Brutus Booth. Who definitely is haunting that theater, and for God knows what reason. Um, Great name. I know, isn't it good? So I'm going to go across the pond for our second theater. We have two that are very, we'll get to the, we have two. Uh, you know, the the thing about the European theaters is they're a lot older than the American theaters and have oh, yeah. a lot uh, more ghosts in general. And they have um, a lot more opportunity for ghosts. It's yes, true. They, they being around longer. <laughs> a lot more, uh, a lot more death, a lot more death yeah. in theaters. Yeah, a lot more. So the most, one of the most haunted theaters in London is the Drury Lane Theater. Oh, um, there's okay. a ton of them. And I'm looking as I was looking up information, I there's I don't have like a list of exactly how many, but um, there is a lot. With, uh, another business that happens to be on that particular street. Oh, uh, uh, Muffin Man of sorts. Yeah, the Muffin yeah. Man who lives on. Oh, Drury do you know Lane. the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? <laughs> the Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so My brain there's... is broken in a very specific way. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Thank you for uh, putting up with me. You're welcome. My my personal favorite one of the ghosts who, who is on Drury Lane is the uh, is the man in gray. Oh, this one I think is really interesting. Love a good uh, man in gray. Yeah, you know. I feel so. He's great because this is like your classic when you think of like a ghost and mm-hmm. like especially like think like Charles Dickens ghost it's the man in gray he he is thought of to be a very also a benevolent ghost he is not he's not one who comes who causes trouble okay. um he, the sightings of him when they talk about it he sits in the audience watching over the show he is a man who wears a gray suit he is most notably wearing like a gray cape um okay. he's from the 18th century, so he's in like the top hat and full, and although probably not actually in the top hat if he's in the theater, but people. Oh um, yeah, you hope the you hope the ghost mm-hmm. is respectable enough to take right. the, his hat off. Yeah, exactly. Interestingly enough, he's usually seen in the daytime, often spotted in the shadowy seats beyond the stage, wait, watching the actors rehearse. Oh. Um, and it's he's seen as a good luck charm actually for a lot of people. Like if you see him watching the show, you know it's going to be success a successful show um mm-hmm. he was spotted during rehearsals for oklahoma south pacific carousel and the king and i oh so it's a good thing to see him yeah okay that's yeah. nice yeah um 
Which is great. We love a benevolent ghost, especially one who's a good omen. I love that. He apparently, just given what has uh, said been said here, he apparently really likes Rodgers and Hammerstein plays. Uh, oh, that's, I like the ghost with taste. You know? Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> you gotta love... Uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein is the OG musical theater, American musical, and I love that he, an 18th century English ghost, loves... <laughs> it's wonderful. I just I love the idea of a ghost that is such a big fan of of like a very specific type mm-hmm. of music that's so far outdated and also just like sitting there, you know, being like, you know, lead of sound of music or Oklahoma, just sitting there and looking out and seeing the ghost and be like, "Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like oh, you're doing you a good like job. The, the ghost came from the the after the uh, uh, the undead have come mm-hmm. to go and like yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's cool. Um, <laughs> interestingly, so he so what's cool, what's interesting about this one, is that often, like I said, a lot of the ghosts that I've heard about and have you know read about, th- sometimes the connection to the theater is incredibly loose, and sometimes mm. it's just a random. Sometimes it's like. We don't know who they were or if they were even a person. It could just be a random sort of entity, some sort of energy that has manifested into something ghost-like. Right. With the man in gray, he is interesting because for him, remains were actually found at the site of the theater during renovations in the 1840s. Love it. That's amazing. When they were renovating the theater, they found a skeleton covered in gray rags in a walled up small forgotten room. Oh, God damn, that's so good. Isn't it? That's horrible. That's Cask of Amontillado shit, but that's so good. Uh-huh. Ugh. They they had examined him, too, and it was concluded that he had been killed, like, stabbed with a knife. Oh, um, of course he was. Yeah. Murdered in passion. Totally. Which I think is wild. So, <laughs> Which I think lends credence, to me at least, that, you know, he's... He that that he just never left the theater. He got killed in the theater, never left. And now and you would think that that would make him bitter and maybe like make him an ill omen. But apparently he's not. He's there to watch the show. He he can't go anywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, there's worse places to end up than like a quality theater. Yeah. The Drury Lane is like a big is a big deal house. And if they're putting on Roger and Hammerstein, then they're putting on the big shows. So for sure. And like, you know, here's the thing. If you're in the same theater for a really long time and you're seeing shows over and over and over again, like you kind of start to learn which are going to be the good shows and which are not. And so, yeah, you wouldn't make an appearance to to the shows that aren't going to be any good. You're like, nah, I've no, this one's going to be absolutely shit. I'm not coming out for that. But then you hear something and you're like, oh, this one's good. I'm going to come and watch that like that. I can see that being a thing. I would probably do that actually myself. Another Lynn Melville Miranda one. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, his for, musicals are good, though. They are good. He's getting a lot of shit now for like all of his Disney stuff. I still think he's doing a good job. I, I he's he's really smart. He his is really smart. Really still think he probably should have gotten somebody else to sing that uh, Pacific Islander song in Moana. I'm gonna probably. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. That's that's awesome. I love the. Isn't I love that a cool? Good man and great. I love. I love a ghost that is. Gender in color, lady uh-huh. in white, lady in white, in red, man in gray. It's you know. perfect. The man in the brown suit. You know this. These like very discreet. It's so good. It's I'm, I'm waiting for. 
I'm waiting for the Gen Z ghosts where we are much more uh, inclusive mm-hmm. towards our ghosts and it, 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 a gender in black, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh, I can see that. A yeah, the person it, in, in chartreuse. Yes, yes. The the he, they with a wallet chain. Yeah. <laughs> Not with the wallet chain. Um, and okay, so here's the thing. We can't talk about theater ghosts without talking about the most famous theater ghost, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, who strangely, interestingly enough, isn't actually a ghost. And that mermaid. would be... Yep, mermaid. Yeah, totally a mermaid. <laughs> that would be the Phantom of the Opera. Oh! And I don't... Yep, that one. The Phantom of the Opera. Let's be real. The Phantom of the Opera was a book written in at some point by Gaston LaRue, and I could tell you the date, but I don't have it on... Oh, 1910. Oh, hey. 1910. I don't know if you've read The Phantom of the Opera. I have. I have not. No. It's great. Is it? Um, okay. It's, it's very good. It's written um, like, it's actually written like a detective series. Um, it's sort of written after the events have taken place. It's a mm-hmm. news reporter sort of digging in and trying to sort of piece all of the events together. I um, like that. And I think a lot of people don't realize how many classic especially universal mm-hmm. monsters which the phantom of the opera does fall into he does ha- are, are written in that style like the yeah. uh dr jekyll and mr hyde is also mm-hmm. written in a very similar style to that which is like correspondences and almost diary yeah. entries well and dracula is written like that too exactly with with mm-hmm. letters from from jonathan absolutely and a it's lot of people cool. i think and uh, frankenstein which is like a book within a book within a book yeah. of like a, 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 a journal a diary and then you they're like piecing together layer. news reports yeah And that never existed. And it's very it's a great book. So Gaston LaRue wrote this um, based on actual events and things that happened at the Palais Garnier or the Paris Opera House. Sure. The infamous chandelier incident, the chandelier crash actually happened in 1896. Yeah. That's Um, that's fucking cool. So the thing is, it didn't happen during a performance. It did happen oh i guess it does say that this one says that it detached and fell into the crowd what happened actually was that a counterweight supporting the chandelier detached and fell Mm. into the crowd and you know the one person did perish from the chandelier crash uh some say it was a like a carpenter or something like somebody who was like working on the theater yeah it might have gone Um, into the like audience area whether there was audience there or not and of course a story that old has probably also been, like we've said before, mm-hmm. added to from added time to, to time. elaborated. Yeah. Well, there's you know it's it's turned into sort of the Phantom of the Opera exactly lore which has such as a, well. So oh, such a pageantry to it. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a movie, several movies. Music, so many it's movies. a musical. Anton yeah. Junior. Oh God, what a fantastic film. So good. One of my favorite adaptations is the Phantom of the. Disco? I yeah. Say. Is that the one where he has yeah. a beaked helmet? I think so. I haven't seen it, but I am familiar with it. Phantom of the Paradise. That's what it is. Phantom of the okay, Paradise. Okay, yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, there's there's so many spinoffs and things, and you have all of these different qualities. Things that are also true, uh, there is actually an underground reservoir. Not a whole lake, but the underground reservoir does exist for the Palais Garnier. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Which actually, so in 1873, at the original Paris Opera venue, this is before it became the Palais Garnier, uh-huh. it was on a nearby street. Uh, it 
caught fire destroying the Paris Opera. Um, sure. During the stage fire, a ballerina died and her fiance, who was a pianist, was disfigured as a result. Okay. The legend is that after the incident, he retreated to the underground of the new opera house, which was the Palais Garnier. Sure. And lived there until his death, which if you are familiar with the Phantom of the Opera, sounds... Like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty you know. spot on. Well, especially yeah. for the uh, the non-musical, the original, like, the original story, especially with uh, where it was adapted with Lon Chaney Jr., he is supposed to be the way that he manipulated his face and used, like, literally used piano wire to yeah. pull parts of his face. It is supposed to be reminiscent of somebody who has been manipulated by fire, like a face that has somewhat melted. Correct. And, and yeah, that is... Uh, Boy, that is something that haunts you as as mm-hmm. a kid. You see that in every monster book that you get from the library is Lon Chaney Jr. is going to stretch his yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. What a committed to his his craft. It's funny because they never mention the idea of fire in the book itself as like the yeah. inciting incident. Um, but the fact that, you know, this story of this ballerina and her fiance and like the idea of him you know, is it's definitely where Gaston LaRue took his inspiration, but that that rumor existed prior to LaRue of this fiance who just like hid in the Paris underground in the underground. And like I said, it wasn't a lake, but it there was a reservoir. So that oh, him. Exist. Oh, that's just our yeah. local burn hermit. Uh-huh. He just lives down by the reservoir of our theater. You understand. This is Paris. Um, They did say that, too, that there is. Some there are some sources that claim that a vo- body was found beneath the palace Garnier years later, um, which could have been him. Although uh, it also could have been uh, prisoners who were held beneath the opera house as well, because apparently that was a thing. Of course, it's kind of just like, <laughs> are we going to do anything about him? No, nah, he's not Romani. We have more problems to worry about. Ooh. Oh, oh, Paris! <laughs> yeah, you. Ugh. yeah. Um, what's interesting about the Phantom, though, as I will say, uh, is that there have been no known sightings of a ghost at the Palais Garnier. There's not, he's sort of not really a ghost, but because of the lore that Gaston LaRue taking this story of the fire victims of the chandelier crash, uh, cause the fire happened in 1873, the mm-hmm. chandelier crash happened in 1896. Right. So that could have been attributed to some sort of ghost. There's also uh, another um, historical like love triangle between two ballet dancers and a French sergeant that are connected to the Palais Garnier, which is another plot line of the Phantom of the Opera. But it's kind of a case of like fiction mm-hmm. inspiring and kind of yeah. influencing people towards perhaps thinking they see things in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Indri- no known sightings though. But oh, at okay. this point, like, okay. yeah, no, there has been. I I looked. I made sure, sure. Um, to see if anybody said that they've seen him. But yeah, other than other than the chandelier crash maybe being potentially caused, nobody has seen a ghost there. But I feel like you can't talk about theater ghosts without talking about the Phantom and the fact yeah. that there is a historical, that there is real life history attached to what Gaston LaRue wrote. That's so fat. I, I never knew that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you had, I probably would have said yes if you had asked me that the Phantom mm-hmm. of the Opera was based off of a book. But 
I, I that would have been me just going, yeah, it probably is, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, it's one of those things that does so much get overshadowed by by the musical and, and by yep. by this um, the movies as well. That's really cool. I I did not know about that history at all, and it the the real life aspect of it, while maybe not as sensational and no. and as you know um, action packed. Gives it a haunting quality that there was a real person that was just a widowed, burned victim living beneath a theater and literally haunting it. I mean, more yeah. more than like a, a living man haunting a theater. Oh, right. Well, and that's in the interesting thing about the Phantom of the Opera is that it's unclear even in, in between both the book and the different adaptations of it about the Phantom is like not is portrayed often as a live he is a living man who is haunting yeah. the theater who is causing mischief and the things that he does that are spooky and like magical in nature are theater tricks yeah. um even i think in the book they sort of figure out how he did certain things and it's just using the acoustics of the theater and using the way that theater magicians do create certain illusions or you know getting into locked rooms and that sort of thing and somebody who has a bunch of keys he's just a guy that really likes uh, a bolo he's a he's a guy that really likes a lasso was a weapon which i always found very very odd he's super weird keep keep the keep your hand to the level of your eyes so yeah he's less of a theater ghost and more of a living haunt really at the time he doesn't you know there doesn't seem to be currently any issues at the palais garnier so you can visit but you can actually sit in many of the things that are referred to in the Phantom of the Opera in the, Pal- in the Palais Garnier. So you can sit in box oh. five um, where the Phantom is said to have his seat. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Don't let anybody sit there. Nah, yeah, not even no. if he's. Uh... He gets real mad if you do. <laughs> Don't... Don't let the the handsome actor from The Conjuring sit there. Uh <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Oh, are you talking about the movie musical? Because I've seen it, but it's been a really long time. Yeah, where Gerard Butler is the, the Phantom, oh, so the Phantom right. is just vaguely Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite um, facts about, like, weird facts about that mm-hmm. uh, that musical is I think one of the longest running Phantoms was the actor that played Bud from Married with Children. The younger brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where I th- I think he played the Phantom, and it just it's just kind of like when you see people on TV, and it's like, oh, you also did other you're... stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you're that character, and <laughs> oh. that's all you th- can think of them. And so when you, I, I Phantom is one of those definitely that I. There's a couple people who have played the Phantom, and I'm like, really? Yeah. You've played okay. I I enjoy the musical Jekyll and Hyde. I know it gets some mm-hmm. shit. It's I also not love perfect. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. But it, it is somewhat tainted by David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff, yes. Yeah. It is somewhat yeah, tainted by. I think it's Hasselhoff. I'm it is sure it's Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, with like confrontation. And it's just. Oh my uh, God. He's just huffing all over the stage. Yeah. Ugh. I don't. That was a choice. <laughs> the thing is, that recording with Hasselhoff and the other two women who are the other leads in that show, mm-hmm. the two women are phenomenal. Yeah. And, you've yeah, got, no, and Has- actually, Hasselhoff's not bad. But it's, like, weird. He's still David Hasselhoff at the end of the day. He's still David Hasselhoff. He's still the one. He is not carrying the other two. He is being carried, I think. Oh, for sure. We can all agree on that one. Oh, God. 
Anyway, so that's all I had for you today. Those are wonderful. I love theater ghosts. That's such a cool yeah. concept to, to bring because, again, I'm not a ghost expert. I need to do more reading on ghosts. Mm-hmm. I find ghosts either boring or deeply unsettling. And so Fair. I, yeah, it's either something I can do nothing about or it's just Zach Baggins going, something touched me. Oh, no, I think this ghost is attracted to me. I know. I don't like watching, like, the, yeah, I feel the same way about yeah. most ghost things. But I do have a fondness in my heart for theater ghosts. I can't blame you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably because someday I'm going to be one. <laughs> my eventual goal. <laughs> yeah. God's awesome, willing. Awesome, I, I absolutely love that. I love these theater ghosts. So I, I think it's time that we, we ask our question. Can we find these monsters, these ghosts, these theater ghosts, can we find them lovable? Can we find them sexy? Can we? Yeah. I don't know. Do this. I presented them to you. I have my yeah. own opinions, um, but what yeah. do you think? I, you know what? Literally one of them is, is a sex worker. I, I hope that she finds peace in the afterlife. Uh-huh. Um, Lord knows that is not an easy business to be in, uh, especially uh, at the time. Uh, I'm glad that she gets to wear her pretty dress. Yeah. I, I'm glad. You know, if nothing else, I am glad that these ghosts seem to have taste. I would mm-hmm. love to catch a show with the man in gray. I think that's a, a, I'd love a theater date. And, and I think that, you know, were we to find an, an agreeable show to see, I would happily uh, go on a date with any of these theater ghosts if that's what they were looking to do. Uh, and, you know, perhaps, you know, build something up from there. I think one yeah. of the tough things is I'm not sleeping at the theater. I've done that plenty of times in my life. Not doing it again if I don't have to. Not a lot of comfortable beds in a theater. Uh, not a lot of comfortable Nobody beds. Nobody said actually... anything about sleeping at the theater. I will say this. Not a lot of comfortable beds that I actually want to put my body on knowing how many other bodies have been on those beds. <laughs> if there's a bed in the theater, I'm not touching that thing because no. I, I, I know it's been used. The beds, the couches, the dressing rooms. Oh, dear oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. I have some stories that it's we're all, not getting into. but It's all tainted. Yeah. But yes, I, I believe that, I mean, these are, I think ghosts, maybe as far as monsters go, they were just people. They're still kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, e- easy to physically uh, totally. find, that, find that attractive. I think they're yeah. quite lovable. I'm not sure that I would, I would probably have a very awkward conversation with uh, John Wilkes Booth, dad. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Just be like, so... What was his childhood like? Was there a lot of like, <laughs> right? Did he not like beards. Is it tall people? Was it was it like against tall people? Or was he just like really into slaves? I mean, like, oh, what was the impetus behind that? And, and like the the Latin was that you? Did you did you mm-hmm. really push him? Like, I, and it's like what what a queen to just six temper tyrannus <laughs> and then jump onto a stage, break his ankle, and flail off to a barn. Uh, choices. Yeah, oh, I, choices. Yeah, I don't think I would have much to say to Junius myself, but I definitely I'm I'm intrigued by the man in gray to be sure. You know, the phantom doesn't really hang out and I don't I'm I don't like caves, so I feel like hanging out in the <laughs> underground reservoir would not be for me. Um so the man in gray, I he's got taste in shows. I'd go on a date with that one. Yeah. I it might just be a so mm-hmm. reservoirs. <laughs> Neat, huh? You have to hope he does have a piano down there. You have to hope that's part I of it. So. He was yeah. a pianist. Yeah. I, I assume so. I, yeah. You know, there's uh, the stuff gets dumped all the time, especially like old 
instruments. Yeah, I will also go whatnot. so far as to say that uh, a living man who is uh, marked by tragedy it does not qualify as a monster. That is just no. uh, that is a, a, a sad That's... person who probably deserved a lot better treatment than he received in his time. Um, so yes, thinking of the ghost specifically, I think mm-hmm. we can definitely find some love there. Excellent. Well, thank yeah. you, Tarek, for coming for talking about my favorite things. Hey, theater. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm I'm always happy to chat about these uh, these wonderful spooky things, especially when it comes to spooky things that I don't know a lot about, like I said, ghosts, because that, that's always a wonderful um, wonderful little break for me. Um, while well, we're in a thinking mood, a uh, hey. special thank you to Nick Lambert, our musician. You can find him at Lambertropolis. Spelling of that will be in our show notes on Instagram. Nick did the intro and outro music, which is the same song, if you didn't notice. And You're also up. sometimes I use it as a it is, it is a bop. That's why I put the whole thing in there, because it's so good. We here at Monster Crush, are members of the Sword and Key Network, myself being the sword half of that network. Uh, you can find all of Sword and Key's links on beacons.ai slash sword and key, all one word. Sword and Key produces podcasts like this one, exactly this one. Uh, this we're one looking, specifically. We're looking to add more to the network. Uh, and TTRPG hey. content as well, which we stream on Twitch primarily and also post uh, episodes to YouTube. You can look for Sword and Key with underscores between all the words on most of our socials. But again, you can find all of our socials and our Discord, everything like that, on the beacons.ai slash Sword and Key. If you would like to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of those are appreciated if you leave a review. I think primarily on Apple Podcasts because Spotify doesn't let you write anything, weirdly. Uh, but if you leave a review <laughs> in a place that we can find it and or read it, we will likely and or read it on the show, especially if it's something nice. If it's really me, but funny i'll still fucking read it i don't care um i'm I'm do it i dare you yeah yeah, leave five stars but give us something constructive yeah uh and honestly i probably deserve it you can find us on instagram twitter and blue sky at monster crush pod again all one word and you can find all of the monster crush links on our link tree link to it's the link tree thing it's weird yeah slash monster crush from there you can tweet it like that it's, it's so odd. You can send us an Instagram DM. You can, uh, I believe our messages are open on Twitter as well, but it's weird and I'm sorry. Uh, or you can always join the Monster Crush chat over on Sword and Keys Discord, again through Beacons. And uh, you can even email us. We have mm-hmm. at least one email. Maybe we? more. Uh, we do. We, we, uh, MonsterCrushPod at gmail.com. You can let us know your favorite monster. You can send us uh, personal encounters, uh, spooky slash sexy encounters Ooh, with uh, monsters or other or ghosts. paranormal things. Yes, ghosts. Uh, paranormal encounters you might have had uh, with your consent. Ooh. We will love to share those. So tell us what your monster crush is, what monsters you'd like to hear about in future episodes. And uh, we just, we'd love to hear from you, you know. Please. All that said, I think we should go out on, on this one uh, on a high note. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, um, stay, uh, stay, stay theatrical. Keep, Ooh. Yeah. Keep it. Keep Dramatic. Those, keep those lights on. Keep that ghost light on for your ghosts. You know, it, it helps dramatical. just to have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let, you know, just like Fanatical the, the pageantry, cats. the show, yeah. the lights, the sounds, Throw glitter everywhere and then regret throwing glitter everywhere. It's yeah, we hate theater, it. We just glitter, the confetti in the snow. Don't do it. <laughs> it's the worst. And go support your local theater. 
I think that's the best thing that you can do. Please um, do. Uh, oh literally always, but uh, always. yeah, especially you know, in in winter time, as stuff when is you... kind of as shows are wrapping up, as new shows are coming out. Go and check out your local theater. They always have something cool going on. If you have somebody special in your life, monster or otherwise, take them to the theater. It's a lovely time to to go on a date. More often than not, it's more affordable than you think, and it's a great night out. Uh, Especially your local, regional, community, regional and community theaters. Yeah, You'd be yeah, surprised at what's out there. at all levels. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Uh, so until next time, everybody, take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do. Da, da, da. Da. Hey, buddy, cool it down for me, okay? I'm oh. doing a recording. You're such a good boy. I love you so much. Ooh, look, good boy. Cool it down. I know. I appreciate your mom for taking your collar off so you don't jangle jangle. Okay. I love you. I'm talking about monsters. You're too cute to me, monster.